Hello and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, the podcast on tent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer, one movie at a time. My name is Aaron. My name is Joel. My name is Sarah. this week is colossal from 2016 now we say 2017 because everybody else saw it in 2017 yeah man but it premiered at fantastic fest in 2016 i don't care it's a 2017 movie to everyone else okay are you listening directed by nacho vigalando written by the same person nacho vigalando starring anne hathaway jason sudeikis 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 Starring Anne Hathaway, Jason Sudeikis. It's all good, dude. Austin Stewell, Tim Blake Nelson, and Dan Stevens. Aaron. Hey, Joel. Pick this movie. Yep. Why did you pick Colossal? I picked Colossal because I think this is my favorite movie that came out this year. Mm. Or that I at least saw this year in It came out last. No, I'm just kidding. I know. I know. No, you tell me. It's not true. No, I, I just thought it was my favorite movie that came out this year. I enjoyed all the story beats. It was pretty crazy. Uh, and it just so happens that I think when I saw this movie, I think I'd seen uh, Time Crimes about the same time, potentially. I'm not sure. Was that this year? Yeah, we, we recorded I guess, this year, Joel. I guess it's been I don't know. almost the complete year this year, so it could be. Uh, maybe we should go back in time and I'll figure it out then. Okay. Mm. You might want to wrap your head up with some gauze or something. Did you see Open Windows? No. Nacho also did that movie. Oh. It stars your boyfriend. <gasps> Elijah Wood? Yeah. Oh, he's not my boyfriend. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Keep on dreaming. I did, I did register that, that statement, though. We knew who you were statement. talking yeah. about, although <laughs> exactly. it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if Sarah says it stars your boyfriend, I wouldn't know necessarily who she meant because I have many, many man crushes. So, yeah. She said it starred my girlfriend. I assume she was talking about Diane Lane. <laughs> but uh, we'll talk about that at a different time. Hey, how's it going? And Hathaway's performance was amazing in this movie. That's one of the reasons I really liked it. Mm. She is definitely playing a lot without... It's kind of like... A lot of performances on her face and her eyes and stuff like that, which is is pretty, yeah, pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think she did good, and I think that the movie is really good. It's not Pacific Rim, though, Aaron, <laughs> and I was expecting Pacific Rim. Why? Why? Because it stars a giant kaiju freaking monster that's attacking a bunch of Asian people. And you expected the Jaegers to show up? Well, I didn't necessarily expect that. I, I knew... I mean, that, that poster gives away basically what the hell's going on. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I, really, guess, really I guess you is. can try to, you know, say that it doesn't... And if you see any trailer, that gives it away too, basically, right? The, the, 
going into this this movie, you already kind of have the idea that there's some connection between Anne Hathaway and and this giant monster. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not too much of a spoiler to state that because yeah, like you said, if you literally see a trailer or even the movie poster, mm-hmm. yeah, it's right there. Um, we, we actually just bought this on a DVD and Blu-ray recently and the uh cover is like a lenticular thing mm. that shows Anne Hathaway like scratching her head and oh, then, cool. and the, the other way it's the monster scratching his head. Cool. So. That's cool. Physical media. Mm-hmm. Well, when the bombs drop, I guess you'll be ahead. Mm. I mean, if I had my own sort of bunker where I could watch these things, I'd sure I'd be okay. You have your own kind of bunker. I do. Oh, you didn't want to say that on air because oh, you yes. think people are gonna run in and Definitely not below the house that I'm renting. <laughs> Try to spend all of my life's fortunes. <laughs> Try to steal all your Velveeta and Twinkies. Also, that is totally my diet. Now, it doesn't make any sense now. I, get, I, I assume you're conditioning your body? Yep. Okay. Um, I'm still kind of tripping on this. How, how are you guys feeling? I mean, this is my second time seeing the movie. So you're conditioned I'm to it. kind of like I Velveeta knew, I knew what Twinkies. I was getting into, but, but I have to say that the feeling that I had coming out of the theater after seeing this is it was such a trip. Like I just like I, I kept thinking about the visuals and and how the story was uh, what what was being untold untold uh, the story that as it was being unraveled in front of you, how it was very It's intense. It's an intense movie. I think that was a statement I just made. Yeah, yeah, it had me it had me pretty captivated. I was um waiting to see what was gonna happen next. And I think that what I'm trying to say is that it's it seems simple, but that's um, misleading. Yeah. The poster and the like, beginning of the movie, and it it seems like you've kind of got it all figured out, but you don't. And there's more to it, and it evolves in a way differently than you expected to. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's when Aaron says it's intense, I don't think it's intense. Yeah, exactly. Like like you're saying, it's not the way you assume it's going to be intense because we've got giant monster and we've got person who seems to control it. And you would assume that intensity would have to do with giant monster situation, but it's all, it really is all Anne Hathaway and what's going on. With her, and it is uh, like I, 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 I was affected by this at the end. Like I, I felt like I was, uh, I don't know what the word is. Uh, or what? Not the word. I don't know what I'm trying to put. Like it was upsetting to me, and not because I, not not because I I was uh blindsided or anything like that sure, it had nothing to sure. do with that I like I knew the movie couldn't simply be as highly praised as it was and be about a woman who happens to have a connection with a monster on the other side of the world right but I was not expecting it to go to the places that it did and to be like dark I mean it it gets dark yeah and we're uh you know for those of you listening who haven't seen the movie we will go into a spoiler section, and I'll warn you beforehand. Right now, we're just kind of talking about general feelings. Sure. Uh, what do you guys want to talk about? What were you thinking? I'm glad that this movie exists 
<laughs> yeah. I, I, I think I think it was. Uh, I just had such a great time seeing this in the theater, and and the one thing that I really like about this director, you kind of don't know what you're getting into. So it's kind of like one of those things where you're sitting in the chair at the theater and you're just like, what's going to happen next? I have no clue. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like I experienced this uh, sitting in your guys' living room when we were watching uh, mm-hmm. Time Crimes as well because it was just, I mean, even though you kind of knew how he, like you knew certain things because of how that story develops, like you, you're just not entirely sure how things are going to go down. And, right. And uh, this director, uh, Nacho, he's an amazing guy. He just, he, he can really tell a story that, that keeps you riveted, that keeps you uh, staring at the screen. And uh, and I'm really glad that, the, that this movie didn't fall into a lot of the same... What's the term I'm trying to think of? Like, it's not your your typical kaiju film. Uh, and, yeah, and, hardly, hardly call it a t- kaiju film. Yeah. It just happens to have kaiju yeah. in it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and, I, and I, I'm not trying to put down or diss kaiju movies, because I, I flip and love Godzilla and... Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I don't know why monsters. You you you're saying that it doesn't fall into the tropes that yeah. uh, of Trope, what you would word. associate. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think that's a put down. I mean, they, there is a lot of. I mean, they're the most famous bunch of them, starting from like the, the uh, what the the fifties on into as as you know recent as last year or mm-hmm. whatever. Like they do follow a pretty. Standard when it comes uh, like how much can you do story with a giant beats. monster? Yeah. yeah, the story beats thing, are very right? Yeah, but this is yeah like uh, I, I enjoy the way that it uses that as a tool for I don't know like a, a huge responsibility on characters uh, and like showing consequences <laughs> and and like it, it's kind of like. Like, obviously, metaphors are trying to be expressed throughout the script, uh, throughout <laughs> throughout the movie, and some of them are just, like, beating you over the head metaphors, but not in a... It, well, it is. It is. It's, like, in an uncomfortable way, but not in a bad way. Yeah. It's a really good way to put it, Joel. Without, no, I think I was... Trying I, to keep it as spoiler-free as possible. I think yeah. I was just blabbing until no. my, my tongue fell out. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really an inspiring movie, and I think that it's really creative, and I think that anybody could appreciate it, but the way it's kind of simple, but there's this, there's like an intellectual aspect to it, too, and I think that the way this filmmaker does movies, it's kind of like a puzzle. Mm. And um, I really enjoy that. I really enjoy the idea of flipping something over or seeing something inverted. Or you know, I was really into black and white photography in college. And, you know, the idea of something looking one way in negative and one way in positive. And just kind of dominoes and different cause and effect, I think. Yeah, it's given me a lot of ideas just in the past few minutes since we finished watching. Yeah, I feel like I'm, this is going to be sitting in my head like like an egg that's going to be ready to hatch or something like that. Yeah, totally. Mm. It's thought provoking. Yeah, and creative 
inspiration. And there's all kind. There was all kinds of things going on, like all kinds of. I feel like there's a ton of interpretations that you could take from this. Like, I, I want to get into it, but I'm going to wait until we get to spoilers. Like the different <laughs> the different things that I could I took from it. You know, uh, personally, I know it's all. A matter of uh, how somebody, uh, you know, a personal interpretation of, of how you're going to see things. That's why I think that big trouble in Little China is really about the, you know, the uh, the Reagan administration. You're going to have to uncrack that one for me. What? I, I, uh, no, I, I got hit in the head when I was a child. <clears throat> oh, okay. I'll say this too. You don't need a billion dollars to make a good movie. There's plenty of money being thrown at terrible movies all the time that aren't made well. And when somebody knows what they're doing, they can write and direct a movie with simple camera tricks and practical effects with a little CG maybe that looks incredible and makes you feel something and, you know, is engaging Without having to spend a billion dollars. It's like, and I'm not saying he's, he's a master for sure. He's a master at doing what he does and revealing what he does and leaving things out that he does. But it's astonishing to me that there can be so much talent and there's, there's so many things made that are so bad. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Sorry, industry. <laughs> It's kind of weird. I I feel like this was marketed wrong because yes. I wasn't like I said. I I'm I'm still like tripping over the thoughts in my mind about what you know the the concluding uh, forty minutes of this movie. You know, we we had to take a break at the hour mark, and I it it just got like more intense as it went on and not not like i said like i keep saying it, it's not in the intense in the way that you could you can predict you can't yes but you can if you're thinking about it in the right context which is uh <laughs> something that i feel like people are becoming aware of uh or not aware of uh, there, there's a big old public consciousness going on about things that have been hidden, you know, things that have been ignored that this movie, like, touches directly on. And that's, yeah, we're, we'll get into it eventually. But first, let's talk about our first sponsor, um, Amazon Video. If you like videos, get them from Amazon, because they're good. We, okay, so we, let's talk about uh, what are we really sponsored by Amazon? No, we're not. Oh, we're okay. sponsored by Amazon. And you know me; I like to cut the uh, oh the seriousness because if I don't, my head will explode. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Just like I don't want your head to explode. The Reagan administration. Yeah. Something about that and Big Trouble in Little China. I gotta <laughs> gotta go watch the movie now with different mm. eyes, different uh, a different perspective. <laughs> You guys remember the backlash and Hathaway backlash that was going on like two years ago? I feel like it was two years ago. Maybe it was longer. What you than talking that. about, Willis? Uh, like after after Les Mis, and I feel like there was something else. There was like this whole like everyone hates Anne Hathaway. She's too cheery, or, or like I don't even know what the real reason is. I thought, I thought the Princess Diaries is a pretty fun movie. That was a long time ago, Aaron. Oh, I like the Devil Wears product. That was also a long time ago. Hmm. I think. 
Oh, she was know. in Interstellar? I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, it does. She was like one of the main scientists. Confession, I still haven't seen that movie. Way to go. You should see it for the robot alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's voiced by everyone's favorite oh, robot man. voice actor. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the guy who did. I think it is. Uh, who is everyone's favorite robot actor? Robot, robot, voice, robot actor. voice actor? I'm going to be embarrassed if I'm wrong. Hold on. That's that's cool. I like. I like. Aaron, stop judging I, me. I say embarrassing things all the time. Aaron? I'm not going to judge you. Aaron? I'm not one to judge, man. Aaron, why are you judging me? I ain't judging you. Aaron? No, I was totally wrong. I don't know who this person is. Can you tell me who the best vo- robot voice actor is, though? Yeah, it's the guy from uh, Rogue One. Oh. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was on Firefly. Uh, Tudyk? Yeah, Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk? Mm. Yeah, he's cool. Whew. I like him. Luckily, I can erase every part of this podcast I don't sound smart on. It's true. You are the editor. <laughs> Feel free to leave me sounding stupid, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's... I figured for the purpose of content, you pretty much leave everything I say. No! <laughs> the problem is you don't say unintelligent things very often, so I can't, I can't, I have to, like, make you sound dumb by erasing parts. All I'm saying is it's not very hard with me. <laughs> Aaron, you're doing just fine. Thanks, homie. Not good enough for the podcast, but otherwise you're okay. Oh, snap. Yeah, right. What are we going to do? Is there, what else do you guys want to talk about when it comes to this movie? I have a lot of ideas right now. Mm. I mean, I don't want people to think it's the best movie ever made. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying I really, really enjoyed it. And right now I'm thinking about how these uh, characters and events that happen in the movie could have been different things. And there could have been sort of placeholders or like a cup and a ball and a string. And and someone could have made like a real literal maze out of this that would have worked and made sense like logically as well. Yeah. Um, and maybe I can't really articulate that right now, but I think that. There's definitely an existential thing going on in this one, and in my opinion, Time Crimes. Um, I haven't seen the other movie yet, but I want to. Um, yeah, me too. And, uh, yeah, definitely, it brings up some other issues that we'll probably touch on, but but I think almost that there's something <laughs> bigger than that, too, that there's, there's smaller things you can look at in this movie and bigger things, and I like that. And Anne Hathaway, I really, I thought she did a great job. Jason Sudeikis uh, did a great job. I don't know who that is. He's I mean, the, I know he was in the movie. Yeah, Oscar. The bar owner. What else has he been in? Mostly comedies, right? Like, he was on The Office, wasn't he? Wasn't he like the... the <clears throat> there's a movie where he's supposed to be a con man, and he has to move like a bunch of marijuana across the the border. Horrible bosses. He was in horrible bosses. Yep, and horrible bosses too. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. Let's see. I saw the first one though. Saturday Night Live. 173 episodes of Saturday Night Live. Last Man on Earth. No. Oh. I don't think he's the last man on earth. No, that's, that's a no, different actor. That's the other guy. 
he was also in the TV movie Angry Birds Bachelorette Sneak Peek Media Promotion. Of course he was. Mm-hmm. I just haven't watched SNL in a really long time. Really long time. Yeah, Eastbound and Down. Yeah. He's doing, yeah. I think that's a, SNL is probably, he was one of the uh, weekend update people for the Thursday weekend update specials. We don't see, it's my fault. I don't, I don't watch comedies. And so I've, I've ruined this house. I hate to have that opinion that, but I feel like a lot of modern SNL isn't very funny. That's because you're just a nerd who lives in the past. Yeah, sorry. I mean, when was the last time you watched modern SNL? Uh, I watched um, a couple clips recently with the. Because I was trying to get hyped about the new Ghostbusters movie. Oh, you were watching uh, Leslie, whatever her name is? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just couldn't get into it. I don't know what to say, Aaron. I mean, I know. you're I'm just not hip. You're not hip it's, with it's the kids okay. and, okay. and such. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sure it's fine. I it's like Dan me. Stevens got to use his accent. Oh? Yeah? Well, yeah? You don't know Dan Stevens? I don't know. You don't know the guest? I don't think I've seen the guest. The guest himself. You should watch the guest. You don't know Beauty and the Beast? The Beast himself? <laughs> I, I've seen the more recent Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Movie. He plays the beast. Oh, okay. Okay. He doesn't look like that the majority of the time. He looks like the beast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, this was he was wearing a suit in this and then right on. One of those CGI green suits. Nice. Fluffy. And uh oh he was Matthew Crawley, right? On Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey. Everybody remembers that. But mostly he was the guest. Cool. Cool. With the with them sick abs. Nice. You should watch the guest. It's really, it's right, really right. good movie. I'll, I'll look, I'll, I'll look it up. Aaron, go watch it right now. All right, no, bye podcast. Sarah agrees, right? Yeah, I really liked it. I didn't want to watch it at first because it's violent, but I watched it anyway, and I really liked it. Mm-hmm. It's got Ethan Embry. Oh wait, not Ethan Embry. Uh, what's that guy's name? Is it Ethan Embry? Yeah. Cool. You know who Ethan Embry is. Why are you on this podcast? <laughs> bye, Joel. <laughs> Everything's fine. I got uh, exiled from my own podcast. Guys. Everything? No, it's okay. It's, it's okay. All good. When we get exiled, we actually do get sent into outer space. Yeah. <laughs> Where Pod's you waiting for me? Belong. I feel like you. I I have a hard time having seen somebody seeing this movie and only watching it like on a surface level not seeing any sort of deeper meaning and actually enjoying it. Mm, mm, and I don't know if that's just me not being able to, like, I don't, that makes it sound like on a different level, it's a bad movie, you know, almost. But no. no. Well, I think you're onto something there about the trailers to this movie, though. It really doesn't do it a service. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that they wanted to get that demographic in the theater. And I think that they probably did. And I think that, surprise, it's better than that. (laughs) (laughs) They tricked you. They tricked all of you. (laughs) (laughs) I I remember when it came out, everyone was saying, go see it in theater, go see it in theater. We didn't end up going seeing it because we were poor, but, you know, 
Like, I'm really glad we watched it here. Thank you, Aaron, for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. And I highly recommend that people watch this movie. But I I reiterate, it gets really dark. Like, if you're uncomfortable with, uh, um, I'm I'm just going to come out and say this. If you're uncomfortable with violence against women, you're not going to want to watch this movie, or at least you should, you should be aware that, that this has some scenes where things get, uh, a little real. And it's, it's not crazy, you know, it's not Last House on the Left or anything like that. It's, but it is, it does happen and it's kind of shocking. Uh, yeah. But I, th- I think that people should watch Colossal and they should watch Time Crimes. If you haven't still watched Time Crimes, what's wrong with you? I know, you're busy. It's okay. Call me in the morning. Yes? Yes. Sarah? I think we're ready for spoilers, guys. Should people see this movie? The audience can't hear you nod. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I've said it, but I'll say it again. I really liked this movie, and I would recommend it. Very good. Okay, so before we go into the spoiler section, I'm just going to read the usual stuff, which is that if you are not aware, we have over 100 episodes available on a whole bunch of different movies, not to mention our bonus episodes that are our top five lists for science fiction and fantasy movies within a certain decade. Those are all available on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, uh, basically any of your podcatchers. Just check it out. If if you want to find an episode on a movie that you like and you see that we haven't covered it, write into us. Please don't podcast at gmail.com or send a letter directly to Aaron's house. His address is... No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that this time. <laughs> but you're on warning. <laughs> also, no new reviews. Hey, if you want to get famous on the internet... The great way to do that is to give us a review on iTunes. Oh, yeah. Because we will read your review on the air and say how much we like you. And that equals instant fame. Right? That's right. Pretty sure that's the way it works. A road to the big bucks. Mm-hmm. And this this podcast goes on to the internet. That's where, right. Where their name will be. You know who else is on the internet? Kim Kardashian. Oh. That's right. Kim Kardashian might see or hear your review. You know what also is on the internet, Joel? What's that, Aaron? Cats. Oh, yeah. Do you like cats? Yes, I do. They might see your review or hear it. <gasps> mm-hmm. I see him. Oh, he'll bite you. Ow! He wasn't doing that! He's the real colossal. He just did that. Mm-hmm. Listeners, there was a kitten, and it I- bit... A cat bit my foot, mm. and it wasn't very nice. That means that Pascal wants us to go into spoilers, so we're going to go into spoilers <laughs> right now. Okay, spoilers Pascal. for Colossal. Spoilers for Colossal. If you haven't seen Colossal and you don't want to be spoiled, you shouldn't listen past this point. Go watch the movie and then come back. Okay. And Hathaway turns into a giant monster. Spoiler. What? Spoiler. What? I mean, she doesn't turn into a... She's she turns not, into a jolt. She's not like the Hulk. Like the Hulk. Mm. She scratches her head, and the alien scratches its head. That's in the trailer. That's on the poster. Mm-hmm. That is too awesome. <laughs> That's how you know what you're, what you're prepared for, or prepared for what you know for. 
So, uh, yeah, let's talk about what goes on in this movie. All right. It's about a girl who doesn't have a job, and she gets kicked out of her New York boyfriend's apartment, has to move back to her hometown, and is immediately picked up by Jason Sudeikis, who is, his character's name is Oscar. Upon reflection, that's kind of a weird scene now. Oh, yeah. Based on what happens. Oh, yeah. That was the lens I was seeing it through this time, being initiated. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, man, all of his moves are, like, super creeper. Mm. (laughs) The whole time. Oh, man. I don't know what I think about that character, Oscar, but I feel like... I feel like she's the center of the movie, and yeah. she, like, propels the story forward, <laughs> and there's a lot of <laughs> that happens, like, around her, and because of her, and not because of her, or whatever, but I think he's a he's a character that happens, and she, she has to deal with him, but she carries on, and, um, yeah, I think that initially I thought he seemed like a nice person yeah. watching the movie. And then I thought he was a head after a while. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he does the, the classic, like, uh, abuse followed by apology followed by abuse until he finally decides, like, I'm in, a, I'm in a situation where I can manipulate this to almost anywhere that I want it to go. You know, if he had, if he had like kept it on for long enough, he would have been trying to get her to have sex with him for sure. Like he's he's become sick in the head. So it's you know uh, what I'm trying to say is I'm glad he's dead, Oscar. That is not Jason. He's not dead. Don't worry. This movie comes off seeming like your typical romantic comedy. She gets kicked out of her apartment because she's been partying and drinking too much. She has a problem with alcohol. She goes back to her hometown. She's trying to get things. There's some comedy in it. There's, you yeah. know, she she messes up. There's, like, whoops moments and, yeah. like, little awkward situations where she lets her air mattress deflate and she stuff keeps like waking that. up in weird positions yeah, she wakes up in weird places <laughs> and that and then she then this weird thing happens in korea yeah yeah it, start, it starts off 25 years earlier where the first time this monster showed up but the yeah, and this time she when she goes to the this park and she's intoxicated and you know, walks around on it at the same time, yeah, the, the kaiju shows up in, in South Korea. And I mean that's like I like I was saying during the non spoiler, I think this is a big fat, you know, obvious metaphor for like your actions have consequences, like you you're not dealing with your life or something like that. I, I'm not even sure, but like it kind like the, the themes of the movie are like going all over the place. Yeah, so, yeah. Like there's a part where they talk about like uh, all these people died, but because they're in South Korea, you can almost feel like it doesn't affect you. So people are going to forget about it. There you go. And I'm just thinking like there Afghanistan. I'm thinking Iraq, <laughs> Iran, uh, whatever else. You know. That is 100% the status quo. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt like it was so apt. 
direct that she that or concise that the writer put it just like that because it's true. Yeah, you start to get used to something horrible because it feels like it's just in this one yep. area that you're trying to forget about or whatever, or that the media is trying to forget about. Not literally affecting you. And I feel like it wasn't just about that. Like at the end, when we get to the confrontation between the, I mean, obviously, if you're listening at this point, you you've got to the thing. Jason Sudeikis, who also has a giant uh, figure that appears whenever he's at this park. Is a giant robot, a robot, and they, you know, they have their their showdowns and stuff like that. And he like literally gets violent with her, like in in front of people who don't do anything. And this so intense, so uncomfortable. Oh and my gosh, it's it's almost like a, a a fantasy power situation when she leaves, goes to South Korea, and ends up you know, picking him up and shaming him and making him cry and stuff like that. And even to the very bitter end, he's calling her a bitch, you know, and then he just, she just throws her off. And it's like in so many situations that is not possible. A person is not going to get any sort of satisfaction like that. Yeah. I don't really want to get too into it, but I, this is like, I can't remember which movie brought it up, if it was Wonder Woman or what it was recently that I was watching and talking to you about, I think. Yeah. And I said something like, it just makes you wish that all women had superpowers. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are things that happen in real life to people that have no power to challenge someone if they're stronger than them in like a... In a split second, you know, people might say, oh, you could do this afterwards or you could do that. But like in that second, if someone's throwing a punch at you or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. there are situations where you are not stronger and you will be knocked down. You know, you could be set back. You could be hurt in a way that and this goes for anybody who's weaker than anybody or anybody who could be, you know, made to be underneath of somebody else put down yeah a disabled person an elderly person school bully situation a woman a kid anybody who can be victimized in this way you just wish that there was some superpower or some secret weapon they had that could somehow protect them against a horrible person in that position that would use that strength to do that to another person i don't understand that at all but I'm a I'm a particularly um about, I'm a pacifist about most things and I just kind of think that it's staggering that the thing that got me about this movie was that there is the childishness of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like it's saying we're all fallible. We can all act like a spoiled kid. We can all do stupid things right. and not think about the consequences. But I think it's also pointing out that any person in any position of power is just a human, and they are just as fallible as anybody else, no matter what title they have or no matter where they are or who says they're great. I think that it points out very clearly that a human being is fallible and can make mistakes and can, you know, can hurt other people, too. If they wanted to, and um, in this in this movie, I mean, it's like practically genocide. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't know how they never say how many. I don't think. It's with, yeah, without they don't focus people. on numbers. Yeah. yeah, 
without any consideration because it's not the movie isn't about uh, these innocent people being destroyed by these Americans because nobody finds out that the, there's a connection between these individual two American white people and the destruction that's happening all across the, this other country on the other side of the world. Right. And even when they switch side, nobody knows Anne Hathaway's doing that kind of thing like that. Like, yeah. We know. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's once again, it's like, I can do this and I never have to think about the consequences. Like, that's, uh, that's, I'm not going to talk about who that makes me think of with uh, power, but you know what? That's a scary thing. And it's a scary at any time. Like, it doesn't even have to be this current time period. I, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like, I feel like any person in position of power or any politician that has the power to do something to another country could potentially, you know, have a bad day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> could be, you know, a, rejected by a girl they like and be pissed off and let that affect their decision making and not to say i think all guys are that way i i love guys all most of my best friends have been guys in my entire life um but i i do think that this shows that there's like a t a temper factor mm. of of humans that like humans go through emotions and those emotions make them vulnerable to, to make bad choices. Yeah. Yeah. And when they don't realize the gravity, the consequences that those can be catastrophic. Mm. What, what, what did you get like from the first time you saw this? I mean, what, what were you thinking when you, when you left the theater? Uh, I was really blown away by uh, the twist in the, I guess, second act. Or, or like you said, the last forty minutes, mm. or or so, uh, and at Le Leah, like like when she, the part the the parts leading up to it, where she's just kind of like doing the de detective work to try to figure out, you know, the connection between her and the monster. You know, they all, it all seemed pretty 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 standard. You know, kind of to like 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 Sarah mentioned how it went from like some sort of romantic comedy film, uh, you know, but that moment. That moment where she when, when she fell, and it was kind of revealed that that you know he was the giant robot. That's mm. kind of when the movie took this 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 turn, and and you see this 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 I guess he was you know happy go lucky dude. You know, like you said, or like like both of you guys have said how 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 power corrupts, and and it's just a very mm. interesting ride at that point, and uh and 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 it became even less predictable. Uh, at that point and uh and you know just coming out of the theater i just i was so amazed at just how how uh how this movie was structured and uh and i felt that i honestly hadn't really seen anything in the theater kind of like that up until this point uh it's very it is very misleading this movie is simple <laughs> going in and uh, uh and i i don't know i don't know if that's fair to the audience as well in certain ways like, like <laughs> yeah I, that's you know what, what i, I mean? was thinking it's, a little, yes. it's it's not very fair <laughs> like <laughs> but but then again i i also think that's kind of how life is though we're not prepared for every situation yeah. we don't Ooh. go in we don't go in knowing everything that's yeah. good yeah and, and people so. surprise you in real life yeah 
They do. You, you can think you can know you could think you know somebody you know up and down and you know you've known them for years and stuff like that and you could find out some crazy dark side about them like something that's been boiling underneath and it's finally comes to the top right here like uh, well Oscar man like you said like. When when you think back to him picking her up, like, oh no, come, you, what are you doing right now? Oh no, yeah. no, come with me, come with me. Kind of like a manipulation thing. Like, yeah. I can tell that you are having a, a difficult time already. You're lugging this heavy thing through town, for, like you don't have a car. Like, okay, I'll, I'll be uh, somebody who's trying to help you out right now. And uh, I don't know if his ex- expectation was that someday this is going to lead to something else. You know, uh, he's been fantasizing about yeah. this person who got to leave the town that he hasn't been able to. And later, after they have a more serious confrontation and she, like, goes to his place to, to talk to him, like, he he previously mentioned that there there was a girl, like, six years ago, you know, with a kid, and it didn't work out. Yeah. And then you, you go in the house, and he still has photos of her, but her face is scratched out. It's like this person has not let that go. Yeah. Who knows what else he is holding on to? What other things are going to lead him to be uh, destructive? Yeah. And that, that whole bar scene when uh, Tim... Oh, uh, oh. The ex-boyfriend. Yeah when, yeah, when he comes into town and stuff like that, you don't really know what the what the hell's going that, on. That scene right there, I, I was just like on pins and needles in the yeah. theater because I was just like, where is this going? Is, is he going to let his bar, like I thought he was going to let his bar burn down. I don't think he actually did. No, I think he ends up saving it. But it's like he had to show like, I'm going to scare you the hell away. And then I'm going to show you how much power I have over her. To show her how much power I have over her on top of it. It's it's sickening. Like oh, yeah. I I hated him. Oh yeah. To the you know, death of my core. Which is and and at that part at the end when he realizes that she's taken off, like he mm-hmm. thinks he must assume she's gone back to New York and he's like getting drunk at the the you know, uh he takes a beer in his trunk and drives or truck and drives over to the park and you can almost see him hesitate for a second it's like is there still an innocent person inside there like i don't think so i think he's he was just revving himself up on the inside you know like he wasn't yet stepping in there to do what he what he told her he was going to do right but it was only a a few you know seconds off i think that for me, watching the movie, there were a few things I expected to happen that didn't. And uh, I mean, I, w- I wasn't expecting anything. I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. But at the point when he became the robot there as well, I didn't know if everybody jumping in would become somebody. Yeah. You, yeah. you kind of don't know where it ends, <laughs> like what's going to happen. Or if there, yeah, if there's going to be some kind of a giant... <laughs> <laughs> if the if kids like went and played right then if it would be a bunch of monsters or what but i was going to say that it seems like his idea of her is that she is this successful woman who he's always you know had a thing for and She's had all these experiences, and he has this, like, idea of her in his head, Mm. 
And then when she comes back, she's at a low point. She's binge drinking. She's not, she doesn't have a job. She's not doing well. And then when she starts to get her strength back and realize what's going on, I feel like that moment where he realizes he has power too might be when he really changes. I don't know. Yeah. But I feel like he he doesn't want her to be her anymore. He wants her to be a servant. He to wants him. to yeah, he wants to bring her down to what he imagines that she yeah. imagines his level is. Like he th- he thinks like she thinks I'm this low piece of that uh you know never escaped and has has no ambition and stuff like that and she can't think of me that way and I'm going to show her you know or or something like that like uh, I don't know and she sleeps with somebody else in their group of friends and it honestly seems to be the catalyst that like sends him from being like all right to being like completely over the edge out of control like violent towards her and, you know, and, and being kind of acting like petulant or something, but like taking it out on Korea. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take this out on Korea because I'm, I'm mad that you slept with that I'm guy. You feel guilty. Yeah. It's like, what the By killing hell? hundreds of people or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I bring it up that you also did that at one point without knowing what you were doing. Like, uh, it's another thing. Like, yeah, she slept with Joel later. Uh, not me. Uh, the the character's name is Joel. Uh, we've never slept together, Sarah. Sarah, don't get mad. No, Sarah, don't hit me. No. Uh, yeah. And, <laughs> and but if you remember in the 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 first time they met, he like kind of you know mistakes that he was supposed to make. Uh, the Joel character mistakes that he's gonna make a move on. Uh, and Hathaway's character, and she's like, whoa, and he freaks out. Like right there, and you don't in that moment, yeah. At, at at like at the time, I was like, oh, he's being defensive, you know. Like, of course, he's being defensive. He like feels like this is a new person. Like, she's just come back to town, and he's being overprotective. But now, you think, oh, oh no, that's not what was going on at all. No. I kind of wonder if she knew he was a creep from before, but she'd forgotten. Like, maybe he had been a creep, like, through high school or something like that, because she hardly – she didn't remember that his mom had died. Yeah, even though she attended the funeral. Right, and stuff like that. And, like, we see her getting the memory of when the the storm that basically gave them this connection to the monster happened. And right there was his power play. Like, I I feel like it was, like – he was jealous that she had made this nice, whatever uh, th- those things are called, uh, a cityscape. Diorama? Uh, yeah, diorama. Thank you, nerd. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, like, instead of saving it like she thought it was going to, she he thought she wasn't looking, and he just smashed it, maybe with the intention of bringing it back and, like, being like, oh, I'm sorry, it was destroyed. You know? He, he could have been a creep, and she just... Seems like she didn't remember it till the end. Exactly. Yeah. And maybe that has to once again, maybe that has to do with the lightning striking her brain. Maybe it's given her I I distantly remember that she there was some dialogue bits where it was essentially after elementary school that she'd moved. So Joel's or excuse me, uh Oscar's mom must have died shortly after that incident or maybe oh, before okay. that incident. 
Um, but she moved out after elementary school. So, so the, 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 the moment with the lightning and everything, uh, maybe she was going all Carrie and she, yeah. her powers reached out and killed her, his mother. Yeah. 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 So okay. they, they totally developed in different, uh, we'll find this out in the prequel. There you go. This reminds me of like how naive I was when I was younger. When I was younger, I had a completely open mind, open heart, open door to pretty much anyone. And I was shocked by some of the stuff that happened to me. I had no idea of um, the reality of, you know, how people can surprise you or what they can be hiding or whatever. And, and I think that in this movie you don't you don't know it's like it's like a movie where you're watching a serial killer you're like yeah don't get in the car with that guy like you don't <laughs> know what he's actually capable of <laughs> like i don't know but when you see she goes back to her hometown she sees a familiar face just because he's a familiar face doesn't mean she knows him right. and um or maybe she did and forgot about it over the years but yeah just the <laughs> Blind naivety, I think, um, of her going back there thinking she was safe, I think, reminded me of how I felt when I was younger. Yeah, it's not like it's not like she had a good relationship with uh, Tim back in New York, you know. Like, at least I don't, I don't get the feeling like that because whenever he gets the chance, he's immediately telling her what she's doing wrong, what she should have been doing, making her feel, you know, passive aggressive. Yeah. Not living up to her potential and then immediately apologizing. But like, it's not, that's not a healthy relationship either. Right. No, I think that they are in a codependent cycle as well. I think that it's a different codependent cycle or a different, you know, non-healthy relationship. But I think that either he, likes to feel in a position of authority in a way of making her feel that he knows better than her, which in this situation, she wasn't leading a healthy life, you know, but she points out that he was super jealous of her and that there were other issues in the relationship. So that may indicate why she was acting a certain way in the relationship because of a reaction to the way he was treating her. Yeah. We don't know. But, yeah, I would say that it didn't seem like a paradise situation for her to escape to when the dust settled. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think she should go back to that guy if it wasn't Mm-mm. if it wasn't like a healthy, salvageable thing. And it doesn't seem like it was. And she's not I mean, she's not the I, perfection that like uh what was the word? Fate keeps falling upon her and ending her up in these situations. Like she's an alcoholic, mm-hmm. and she knows she's an alcoholic. And when she drinks, she tends to do things that are. I mean, she she doesn't do things that are unhealthy, as far as I can tell. But she does things that are. I am sorry. She does things that are unhealthy for her. Maybe psychologically, and maybe obviously physically, because she keeps waking up with her neck craned against the wall or something <laughs> like that. But, like, uh, yeah. I guess, I think, I, oh. oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to add to what you were saying, Joel. I just gathered from the conversations earlier, she doesn't even know who she's drinking with sometimes. Right, and she has uh, entire conversations where yeah. she doesn't remember. Like, trying to explain to her that her then-boyfriend, oh, it was so-and-so, and then he looked at her weird, and she was like, well, maybe it was so-and-so that I drank. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Uh, uh, no control. 
Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was going to say blackout, same thing. Like, basically just total not remembering how she got somewhere when she was drunk. Like, not remembering how she got home. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, talking to people, saying, th- divulging secrets she didn't mean to, didn't want to tell people about, or whatever. Right. She doesn't have a control over that level of intimacy that that people who don't have that impulse problem where like I I don't explain every aspect of my life but if I'm drunk yeah then I then I have to it's it's like or it's her psychological coping mechanism right mm-hmm. she doesn't have anyone to talk to when she's sober when she's drunk she doesn't care who she's talking to yeah yeah totally this movie's man it's so deep like and uh, I hope that we don't get an email from Nacho being like, you guys were completely wrong. This was yeah. just a movie about a kaiju and an abusive butthole. Uh, I would, uh, I'd print that out and I'd frame it if he did emails. I mean, I That's totally would. Good. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Here's a signed 8x10 photo of me. <laughs> he told he told us we were wrong. I put it on the wall. Uh, <laughs> Nacho, write in today. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are interested in hearing, uh, Campo couldn't make it for the episode, but, um, she... What do you mean she's right over there? Oh, no, no, she's not, Joel. What? Over there being where we live. Oh, that's the dress mannequin, I'm sorry. Yeah. But, I mean, she, she, she wrote a quick note for me to read on the podcast. I don't know if we're at that point, or I don't know how... You need to read it like a, like an elderly statesman if you're gonna read it. Oh, gosh. I don't I don't have that skill. Yes, you do. I've seen you act before, Aaron. All right. Here I'm just going to read it as me. Okay. But you can just imagine Campo. She wrote, "I really love this movie because of the, of the layers and symbolism. The kaiju can be seen as the main character's alcoholism and the giant consequences. The empty house can be seen as how uh, I, this is the empty house where she moves yes. to. Yes. Yeah. Uh, can be seen as how she has no one to turn to but herself and how a toxic friendship keeps trying to fill it up with, with, uh, with to hold her kind of hostage emotionally. It's definitely a movie about inner monsters and breaking free from them and trying to take responsibility over something bigger than themselves. Mm. And that's her story. Yeah. That's interesting. Not a kaiju movie. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I kind of hadn't really thought about the alcoholism as being a, a a possible explanation, but I totally see that too now. The There were, yeah, really interesting things done that could be interpreted a number of different ways. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed those, like, shots where... They used her and the television in the background to create yeah, like a, she the was, couple of yeah, like she was the colossus. Moment, yeah, yeah oh, visually stunning. Yeah. They like split. Yeah, they split it and did like visual tricks, and <laughs> that's why I was like, when when he wheels on that TV, I was like, why is she getting such a big ass TV? <laughs> I'd be interested to know. You know, Anne Hathaway probably did one of those green suit things where they. Oh. Like take your body movements and stuff, Mo-cap. so that they can use that. Yeah, Mo- motion capture. Totally, I did. I forgot what that it's was. Okay, called. No, I just remembered because I was thinking about Andy Circus. I was wondering how many of the things are Maybe like 
were blocked by somebody or how many of those movements were natural movements of her own. Mm. Oh, interesting. Um, because it seemed really natural, really natural. So it's like they took the kaiju and they, they made it motion capture exactly the same as her, but it almost felt like authentic, like her authentic yeah. movements, not just her character, like, being told to move a certain way type thing. I wonder if it was like a matter of rotoscoping over her, like actually doing the, the physical, because when she realizes she's doing the thing, you know, she'll do the arm lift or the part where she's kind of just dancing back and mm-hmm. forth with every, everybody watching the video stream. Like that's because obviously she wasn't wearing green dots while we were watching her there. And I get, I guess she could have like reproduced her own moves with the, with the mocap suit on, but yeah, like it didn't, it didn't, I wasn't blown away by the way the monster looked in this movie. I wonder if it would have been more appealing on the big screen, but like I said, that wasn't the important part of the movie. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I, you got the Blu-ray and the yes, DVD, so you got to check out those special features. We'll do. Yeah. We'll do. See what Nacho says. I'd be interested oh. to see the special features on this too. Mm. Well, it's Campos now, so you're going to have to. Oh, we're going to have to kidnap her. (laughs) Yep, pretty much. Hold her for ransom. There you go. There you go. I liked her bangs. I've gone on and off rocking the bangs uh, as my own brown hairdo for many a year. What did you think of her whole everything get up going? You know what? She wore a pair of pants I didn't like in the beginning. Boo. But um, (laughs) I think there might have been a pair of boots she wore I didn't like too, but... Mm. I thought that she looked more gorgeous than I've ever seen her look in any movie in this movie. And I, and I feel like I kind of didn't jump on the Anne Hathaway train myself when she first came out. I just found her to be like really, really sweet in like, what was the one that she did that was like a fairy tale movie? There was the princess. Princess Diaries. Diaries. And then there was the other one. The, uh, yes. And the Cinderella one that was, uh, Ella Enchanted. Ella Enchanted. Yeah. And then there were a couple other ones, but it was kind of the same feeling I had with, um, Brokeback Mountain. With, with what's her face when yeah. I first started watching Uh, her. the one that plays Lois Lane in the Superman. Yeah. yeah. What's her name? Amy, Amy Adams. Adams. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just, and I mean, it's nothing personal against them. I had only seen them in those type of things, and I didn't know what their what their scale was as an actor oh. until I saw them in other things. But I feel like, but I feel like she's great, and I liked Devil Wears Prada too. I've seen it several times. Yeah, yeah. I th- love fashion on top of that. But Devil's Devil Wears Prada. Uh, if I may admit something good, that is probably embarrassing, but I don't give a crap. Uh, one of my favorite comedies of the last decade has been Get Smart, and she was really funny in that with Steve Carell. Oh, yeah. I know I pe- that one. people hate on that movie, and oh. I just, I don't know why. It it's just really got me. Silly. Yes, it just tickled my funny bone. Well, I'm going to have to check it out now, Joel. It's Never. kind of like an old, like, I don't know. I don't like want to say smart. Mel Brooks. Yeah, like it's kind of like, like a naked gun type thing or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> And get smart, yeah. But yeah, I think that her understated look in this movie, and I think that the way that they shot her and the way that they played her look, I think I think she's really a gorgeous person anyway, but I think that she looked particularly great in this movie mm-hmm. for some reason. I don't know why. 
I'm, I'm disappointed Dan Stevens didn't take his shirt off, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, Tim, Tim Blake Nelson. I haven't, I feel like I haven't seen him in a long time, but he's like in a couple of my favorite movies. Uh, he's in, uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Where Art, Where Art Thou? That's as hard to say as Chrysanthemum. Wasn't he in the, the Hulk movie? Yes, he was, uh, the second one, I believe. And he was going to be the leader. Oh. That's what it was, yeah. yeah. His head got all big at the end. That's right. He was in Minority Report in a very, very small role, but I remember him specifically. And one of the more disturbing movies I've ever seen, uh, The the Good Girl with, uh, oh, what's yeah. her name? He's got a screwed Jennifer up role in that. Aniston. Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. The whole movie's screwed up. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I, I haven't seen, seen that one in a long time. But he's he's good in this. But at the end, you know, when Oscar starts burning those bridges, he has no problem, you know. But you f- you feel like uh, his Tim Tim's uh, Blake Nelson's character. What is that character's name? Garth. You feel like he's been in this situation before, where they yeah. said terrible things about yeah. him. And he went away, and he just came crawling back. Yeah, you know, I I wanted to yell at those guys. Because nobody was doing anything. It's like obvious he knew that that guy was in the park right then at the end. Yeah. Right. And he was just watching it on TV. Uh, it seemed like Joel was like gone. Like he maybe he'd like left town or something like that. I, I, don't fe- I know. felt like I felt like he'd left town as well. Like he was trying to get away. Like that was his version of dealing with it, which is cowardly, but. I get it, but I, I, I kind of, situation. Yeah. I don't understand why they didn't do something to intervene or call the police or yeah. something. If I saw somebody do something like Oscar was doing, I would be arrested for violence myself. Because even though I'm not a violent person, I uh, don't think I'd be able to hold back my anger in that situation. Because... And it's not a, it's not a white knight thing. It's a you're an awful person, and I want to punish you type thing, which is a it's not a good attitude to have. I realize that. Well, but if you hurt people, you should go to jail. Well, I will go people. to jail. No, I mean he should. <laughs> oh That's yes, what I'm trying should. to say. Like, well, he's dead. Yeah. I mean more more, <laughs> more than the fact that he that he was being so terrible to Anne Hathaway's character. I mean he killed he killed intentionally killed people. Yeah, you know. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, and even though there's satisfaction, I have, for that. Yeah. I have no remorse for that, and and that, that's what makes the ending so yeah. great. In my well, yeah, I, I, I <laughs> there is satisfaction when he just gets flung, you know, and yeah. he's like crying when she's holding him up. But there's also a, like I said, there. I feel like there is kind of an emptiness because, in a, in a different sense, I feel like it's just not real. Yeah, like I know he's he's dead in the universe in the movie, right, right. But it's just not a thing, and it's yeah. yeah. But it's, I mean, it, the movie's so good. Thank you, Aaron. Thank yeah, you. I'm glad you I guys. And thank it. you, Kempo. Yeah, I Kempo. loved it. Thank you. And yeah. thank you, Nacho. Vigalando. There was only one other thing I really wanted to say. Oh, please. And um, it was that I really liked the house fight scene. Yeah, I really loved that that part. <laughs> like when he dove into the the, the pond. They were well that that part was a callback for Time Crimes for me. Oh, cool! Oh, when he went out the window, yeah. yeah, I was like, oh my gosh! And then there was another second where I was like, oh, that's like something too. But yeah. Anyway, I I liked that. I was like, wait a minute. They're going out the window upstairs. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, he he knows how to use the materials he has, the sets he has, the you know the blocking and camera work that he has, and it's it's awesome. Yeah, he's really he is really good at making something thrilling and upsetting, but also have this like dark sense of humor to it because that that whole house thing is funny. Yeah. But it's also like, oh, God, this is, uh, please, please, please don't let what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. oh, okay, it doesn't think, you know, but it's like you keep thinking this is, this could go really bad. And like, I'm thinking back to time crimes, like, there are some very silly moments until we get towards the end where it's like, mm, yeah, there's no coming back from this, man. There's no yeah, coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I can't wait till whatever he does next. I know. That's exactly what I was thinking. Mm. Uh I got to go see what, what was the other movie I haven't seen yet by this Open director? Windows, which I've Open not heard windows. good things about. But oh, I'm going to che- check it out anyways. Yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah. I mean, it's his, it's his first English language oh, sure enough, movie. Sure. So, you know, say what is it? And I'll I, give it a I, shot. I think it's like his, you know, the sophomore effort, which sometimes, whatever. Anyways, yeah, I'm also going to give that a shot. Cool. Oh, he also did a one of the sections of ABCs of Death. I still haven't seen that. Me neither. I have no interest. I have a mild curiosity. That's because you're a sick, sick man. Thank you, Joel. You're welcome. Have a nice day. I'm going to read the outro stuff, and you guys think of a lesson that you learned from Colossal from this year. This year. It came out this year, April, in the theaters. I remember. I remember because they kept going, hey, go see this movie, and I didn't. And I was sad. Not that sad. You just look at when we did Time Crimes. Yeah. Well, let's I saw, see. I believe I saw Time Crimes before I saw Colossal. Okay. But it was, I think it was, we might have even talked about it that yeah. night. Well, uh, if you want to hear our Time Crimes episode, it's available on iTunes and all the usual places. Uh, Apple Podcasts, sorry. It's not called iTunes anymore. Stop, uh, oh. stop yelling at me. What's it called now? Apple Podcasts. Ooh, Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Can you access that through iTunes still? No. You have to use a separate app now? I'm just kidding. It's just the iTunes app. Oh, okay. But I think iTunes is music. Apple Podcasts is podcasts. It's for us and our kind. It's for our kind. Like the other members of the Ear Trumpet Audio Network. Oh. Like The Realist, Lifemark, Taxes and Tater Tots. Ladies Who Library, Pet Cinematary, Love Ya Like Crazy. That one is a, a particular adult? interest. Yes, the young adult mo- uh, movies. <laughs> young adult books that they talk about. It's good stuff. Good stuff. All that stuff's available at eartrumpetaudio.com. Or check us out on Apple Podcasts. Woo! Apple Podcasts. Hey, if you have a suggestion or a comment you want to say to us, uh, Nacho Vigalando, we're waiting for your email. Write into please don't podcast at gmail.com. You can contact us at Facebook at facebook.com slash PDSMIOS or at Twitter at, at Outer Space Pod. If you do have access to Apple Podcasts, we'd appreciate it if you left us a written or star rating that moves us up the iTunes charts, which gets us more listeners. That's what we like. So, lessons. Lessons from Colossal starring, uh, what would you say? Emma Watson? Suzanne Hathaway, Joel. Oh, sorry. 
Who would think it was Emma Watson? Starring the princess. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding, Anne Hathaway. I think you're great, and I'm sorry (laughs) that in the beginning I wasn't on the Anne Hathaway trip. Starring the princess from that TV show Suits? (laughs) She's not a princess yet. She's resigning from the show. That she is in our hearts. Isn't that that show's over? It's got to be over, right? No. Oh. Well, I'm glad. I gotta say, I started watching it again from the beginning, and I'm, I would not have remembered any <laughs> the of that. <laughs> well, one of them's a con artist, I remember that. <laughs> and uh, other things. Do you have a lesson that you learned from Colossal, Sarah? Oh, yeah, I do, actually. I thought of this one earlier, but I saved it for the lesson oh. portion. That's my secret. No. no. Okay, so my, my uh, message... My what I learned from this movie is it's okay to have a secret because are you hiding a secret from me? She didn't have to tell them, and and perfect. She didn't. She didn't she have, have to, to tell, tell them. them, and also you don't know what a person is gonna do with the secret that you tell them. So. Just because they seem cool or chill or whatever doesn't guarantee you that there won't be really bad things happening because he told them that. And I'm not saying that uh, in real life, bottle up all your secrets. <laughs> I think everybody should kind of own who they are and feel comfortable. But yeah. I but I do think in this scenario, it might have helped a lot if she decided to just keep it a secret. <laughs> yeah. Or found somebody really trustworthy she could confide in about that's, it. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Which didn't se- seem like she had anyone around no. to fit that. Yeah. No, at least, yeah, not somebody who wouldn't use it against her in any situation. Uh, Aaron, you've got glasses on. What's your lesson, Professor? Well, well Joel, my lesson is is uh, get away from small towns as fast as you can. <laughs> We are failing oh so bad God. at that, Aaron. <laughs> we are failing so bad. I know. You think you think you're gonna move to where we are and you're in the big city? I don't think so. We're mm-hmm. still in a small freaking burg. Which is fine. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's great. It's great. I just uh it was just very interesting. Uh, it seemed like you know <laughs> It's weird. A lot so of problems there. <laughs> I, I moved away initially after high school, but I I think yeah, some people just don't ever come back to near where they were from, and they just forget all that bull from then, mm. and, you know, just see family at the holidays or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds tempting, but I think I'll I'll keep a stick around for now. I guess my lesson is that you should let somebody finish a story before they show you the trick. Because even if the trick is really cool, it's all part of the show. It's all part of the prestige, right? right? Yes. The prestige is something I actually thought of when we were watching this movie. Yeah? About how Christopher Nolan says that the prestige is like set up in these steps, Mm -hmm. and that there's this and there's that, and then there's the third thing or whatever. Like, I thought about that in this movie that there's kind of um th- there feels like there's kind of being a prestige set up yeah in a way yeah. and that there's like a you know 
distraction and then something's happening over here. I don't know. It did feel that way to me. Yeah, the trick is that she can control a kaiju monster. Mm-hmm. But the story that leads up to what's going on is way more interest, or the story that's happening is way more interesting, right? Or it makes it even more interesting than it would be. Yeah, man, so many freaking layers. Yep. Thanks again, Aaron. You're yeah, welcome. Thanks. You're welcome. Thanks again, Campo. I'm gonna be thinking about this for a while. I'll probably do some drawings too. Mm-hmm. Sweet. We'll see you next week, folks. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. EarTrumpetAudio.com Ideas and entertainment. Loud and clear.